Welcome to Promised Land at Home Podcast, where we bring people into an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and each other. Wherever life has you, we pray that today's sermon both challenges and encourages you. We're so glad you're listening today and hope you enjoy the message. I, I do have a message and something that's just really been resonating strongly in my heart for, for a while now. And I just finished a series in my church called Shadow Boxing. Uh, and we've been talking about uh, we've been talking about just dis- disciplines, and uh, because I think it's so, uh, and, and everybody's excited, right? Uh, discipline! Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I came on the discipline Sunday, and uh, so, uh, but it, but you know, it's it's just something that's just so appropriate for today with what we're seeing with today's culture and challenges. And the first message in that series is what I called surrendering to discipline, shadow boxes, surrendering to discipline. And because this idea of discipline, when we think about it, is so foundational for spiritual growth. And, and so I want to start by asking you a question. How many sports lovers do we have in the room? Any sports fans? Yeah, most people are in Texas, uh, sports state of the country. And we are a sports family. I mean, baseball was our sport when we were growing up. My brother and I, I mean, that's all we did. We lived and breathed baseball. Uh, my kids, all my kids played baseball. And I remember growing up, my grandfather used to take us to all the Kansas City Chiefs and Kansas City Royals game. I was born in Kansas City, and all my family's from that part. And so, amazing Super Bowl. I don't know if we have any Kansas City fans here, but, man, it was an amazing Super Bowl, right? Whether you're a fan or not, it was just one of the best football games in a long time. And, uh, but I'm a, I'm a huge Dallas fan. Obviously, I've spent more of my life in Texas than anywhere else. 42 years, New Braunfels, so I am a Dallas fan. Um, so, uh, so anyway, but we all, uh, we, we love sports. I mean, we all love sports, right? I think so. And, uh, and so, and because really sports are just, in and of, this, in and of themselves, they're just, they're just fun, whether you're playing or whether you're whether you're a fan watching or whatever. But there's also something else with sports that's so appealing. There's some great stories, and there's some great lessons that are connected with sports. And I love those, all the sports movies out there. I don't know if you guys have seen Swimmers on Netflix. The Swimmers, um, super cool movie about some uh, swimmers from Syria when ISIS came in. Anyway, uh, check that out. But, man, I, just, I love sports movies, and I love sports. In fact, there was, a, there was a great lesson that we saw last year during the Summer Olympics in one of the women's weightlifting categories. And there was this Chinese athlete that was by far the predicted favorite. And I think we have a photo of her uh, there. And she was known by everybody around the world in this category. And she was the absolute favorite to win. However, last year the Olympics were really different because if you guys remember, uh, in, in many parts of the world there were still some really... Uh, strict lockdowns because of COVID, uh, and, and which meant the athletes couldn't really do their normal routine and train like they were used to training. So they had to be very creative in the way that they planned and prepared for the Olympics. Um, so meanwhile, in the Philippines, there was another athlete. Her name was Heidelin Diaz, and we have a picture of her too. Um, she's there, and this is the way that she prepared when her gym was closed and she couldn't use uh, she couldn't do her normal routine. She couldn't use normal weights. She used bottles of water and weighted bags to prepare for the Olympics. And now what you have to understand is this, that the Philippines up to this point had never, ever won a gold medal in the Olympic Games. But this year, Heidelin Diaz, she outdid all the other competitors in photo two. And there we go. And at the Olympics, she won the first gold medal for the Philippines. First gold medal ever. Next picture. And so, uh, so there she is, and that's, that's why I love sports, because I love stories just like that, but I also love some, something else, 
there's a lesson here. And the lesson is there, there was a clear favorite, but yet somebody else won. And there's a lesson about discipline in that, and that is that discipline trumps talent in almost every area of our lives. It absolutely, absolutely does. I mean, you can have the talent, but, but man, discipline, is, it, it, it trumps talent in every, every situation, and it will lead to winning, it will lead to victory, it will lead to success, uh, and, and I'm convinced that's why the Apostle Paul was always challenging us to be disciplined, not as athletes, but in our spiritual walk and in our spiritual journey, our journey of faith, discipline in our journey of faith. In fact, all throughout his letters in the New Testament, he was always using Olympic language and athletic language. And in those letters, he encouraged us, challenged us to be disciplined spiritually. If you know anything about Paul and what he wrote, you, you always hear that. It's, it's this underlying theme that we see throughout what he, what he writes. Because here's the thing, if we can be disciplined spiritually, then we're going to thrive spiritually. And if we thrive spiritually, it's going to overflow into all the other areas of our life, right? It will overflow into our marriage, into our home, our family life, our children. It, it will overflow. Being disciplined, will, when we're disciplined spiritually, it's going to overflow into our relationships, our workplace, and literally into every other area of our life. Do you, do you realize that? And so he encouraged us, be disciplined in your faith. In fact, that's what he says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24. And this is what he says. Don't you realize that in a race, and here we see him using athletic language, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to how? Win. Run to win. And those of us who love sports, man, we love, we love to hear that phrase. And, and man, because we want to win. We like to win. Does anybody here, doesn't, you don't like to win? Anyone here doesn't like to win? Yeah, nobody? I have to pray for you afterwards. Pastor Robin will be available to help you be a winner. <laughs> anyway, we like to win. But, but he's not talking about di being disciplined as athletes. He's talking about how athletes are disciplined. He's saying in the same way, make sure that you're disciplined spiritually so that you thrive spiritually and so that it overflows in every area of your life. And so here's what the very next verse says. Uh, he says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. And so he's challenging us it, it, to be like athletes, but in our spiritual disciplines, because it's going to overflow into all, all the areas of our life. And so I want to focus on one of those. In fact, my title comes from what Paul's saying in the next verse. He says in verse 20, 26, he says, so I run how? With purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. Now, I think everybody understands what shadow boxing is. You know, the boxers, when they're getting ready, they're, they're just kind of punching in the air, that kind of thing. That's shadow boxing. And so, and basically, Paul's saying, hey, you know what? I, I, I'm not just going through the motions. I run with purpose in every single step. He's, he's like telling us this whole, this whole analogy, what he's trying to convey is like, hey, I discipline myself because I refuse to become complacent. I refuse to live in the same routine going through the motions. I have a real opponent. I'm in a real fight. I'm not just shadow boxing, man. This is my life. This is like for real. For reals. <laughs> right? And, and, and I know things have been challenging here the last three years, but in Mexico... They're nowhere close to rebounding from COVID. I mean, politics, the economy, uh, so much more. And this is what I hear a lot. Man, I, I, I'm just so tired. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. Uh, 
I hear it here a lot also. I've said it myself. <laughs> Anyone else? It's like, man, I, I just feel like I'm, I'm just going through the motions. And I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that because, I mean, I, I don't know how many times I find myself thinking that way. But here's what happens when we're tired. What happens when we're exhausted and just going through the motions? This is what happens. We tend to be less disciplined. Verdad? And when we're less disciplined, complacency can make its way into our lives. And, and that's just a dangerous place to live. And, and it's dangerous because complacency takes us away from the future that God has for us. However, if we can discipline ourselves, disciplining ourselves spiritually overflows into every other area of our life. And that is so, so, so true. In fact, that's what, that's what Matthew chapter 6 says. It says, seek first God's kingdom and what God wants, then all your other needs will be met as well. If we can just discipline ourselves to think that way, to do that, and there's going to be overflow in your life. And there's so much we can say about being disciplined. But today I want to focus on what I believe is just kind of a foundational discipline that will help us succeed spiritually. And that is this idea of taking steps, moving forward, advancing, because because we should always be moving forward. And the truth is, we all have room to move forward. If we're really honest, I think every single one of, here, one of us here can say that, well, yeah, I, I could probably move forward a lot more than what I have. And, and there's tremendous significance having this discipline in our lives because, because moving, taking steps and moving forward brings us out of, it'll bring us out of slavery and leads us to freedom. I'm talking about spiritual disciplines. Taking steps and moving forward allows us to take new ground in our life. Taking steps and moving forward empowers us to confront enemies, not, not physical enemies, not people, but in a spiritual battle because we're in a spiritual battle. Taking steps and moving forward promotes healing in our lives. Taking steps and moving forward spiritually leads us to our promises and the destiny that God has for us because we won't reach where God wants us to reach if we're not taking steps and moving forward. And it's just like the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. They, they come to a point at one point in their journey where they've got the Red Sea in front of them and the Egyptian army behind them. And I, I can't imagine what that must have felt. Well, yeah, I can. It's like you feel trapped. You feel paralyzed. It, 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 you know, like, well, there's nothing I can do. But I love what God tells Moses in this moment. The Bible says this, Exodus 14, 15, 16. He says, then the Lord says to Moses, they're dealing with all this. They're like, frustrated, scared, and they're like, uh, God's like, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Move, I like to move it, move it. You like to? There you go. And uh, so everybody knows that song. Uh, but put some movement in their life. Why? Because God has something for them. He's got a destination, and, and here's what it says. Pick up your staff, raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. In other words, hey, hey, Moses, tell the people to get moving so that they can reach the promise and the destiny that I have for them. So they can walk in the fullness of what I have for them. And what a profound truth because sometimes we get stuck. We stop. Or some of us, we never even started. We're just in the same place we were when we got saved. Got my fire insurance and I'm good. And that's, that's my challenge. Let's get moving spiritually. Let's create this discipline in our lives so that we can thrive uh, spiritually and experience the, the overflow in every, other, in every other area of our life. 
And there's so many things I, I could say about this, but here's, here's three things uh, that I'm going to address this morning that will be impactful when we apply this truth. And the first one is this, is, is the dis- disciplines of taking steps and moving forward is, is taking steps towards church, towards the church. You, you guys are obviously here, but doesn't mean you're here. I mean, there's a difference between coming to church, whether you're an online member or here physically, and being connected to the church, connected with our hearts, with our lives. And I'm sorry to say, this might offend you, but with our wallets. Hello? <laughs> it's alarming what the statistics are saying because pre-COVID, church attendance was just, it was already going down. But what COVID did to this, it just accelerated it. And that's, and that's true. I mean, that is the absolute truth. I mean, we know that. We, we, we know that. But, but why is it so difficult for us to, to, to be connected, to take that step, to be in church, to be connected to the church and to be part of the church? And, and here's some things that people wrestle with. Well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, that's true. You don't. I mean, that's, that's actually the truth. But I do come to church because church helps me grow. Church helps me. <laughs> Right? Grows me, supports me, gives me a place to belong and a community uh, and a place to, to be known. Uh, church provides a healthy, healthy and strengthening community. And that's why we're part of a church because whatever, the, whatever that looks like for you, if you're, if you're an online person or you're here. But here's the thing. And I, tell, I said this at first service. This is like Instagram worthy right here. It says you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. That's true. But you can't thrive as a Christian without being connected to the church. That's the truth. That is the God's honest truth. Not my words. That's what we see in Scripture. And we need the church because of all that it provides us in, in, in our life. And there's a real popular meme going around social media, and I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, it says, uh, if I'm a Christian but I don't need the church was a photo. And so there you go. I don't know if you've seen that one yet. But I, anyway, I saw it a couple weeks ago, and I started posting it on my, my Facebook page. And it's so true. And here's what the word says. By yourself. Ecclesiastes 4.12, by yourself you're unprotected. With a friend you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. We have to have the church. Here's another thing that we always say and think is that, oh, my kids have too many extracurricular activities for us to be involved in church. We just can't do it. We're just so busy. And in Mexico, man, there's literally soccer every day of the week, every day, every night. I mean, there's soccer fields all over the place the little mini ones. I've never seen a mini soccer field here in the States, but they're over there. And so, so here's what I, uh, uh, I've got a soccer guy in my church. He's like a legend, a soccer legend. Um, And he, I hadn't seen him for a long time, but he came, uh, he showed up a couple months ago and he had a brain tumor. And he's just, man, he's like, you know, Jeff, I I don't know what to do. Uh, soccer's like been my life and and my kid's life I mean that's all we do that's all we do that's all we do and and I gave him this book on healing he starts reading it and God just through this book it was just amazing God just did something in him and and he wanted to meet with me after he started reading this book and he realized man I really don't know who God is I thought I had a relationship with God but I don't I don't. I, I, I don't know anything. I've wasted all these years, and I thought I knew God, and, and I've realized that I didn't know him at all, and I never had my kids in church. I was always soccer, sports, soccer, sports, soccer, sports, and I don't know what to do now, but I know that I need to be in church, so count on me to be here whenever the doors are open. And God healed him of this brain tumor, but yeah, amen. 
And he said something to me that was so profound. He said, Jeff, what won't prepare my kids to be successful in life, to be godly men and women, is how good they kick a soccer ball. They need to know God. And I hope there's still time. And it's so important. We have to decide what's important in our lives. And and I love the scripture. 3 John 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Something we wrestle with. I I have too much shame and church feels uncomfortable for me. Join the club. (laughs) What's amazing about God is, is that he sees us just like he saw Adam and Eve when they sinned and they tried to hide, he clothed them. Uh, and, and he, which really shows me that he, despite what we've done, he still extends his grace. He still covers us. He still wants to keep that relationship with us. And here's, you know, God sees you that way. And here's what I know about this church promised land is that, that you're welcome here, right? You're loved here. You're accepted here. This church is glad that you're here. We all have to do what we need to do to be moving forward spiritually. We have to be responsible for our own spiritual growth because it's not Pastor Robin's job to spiritually grow you necessarily. You have to take the initiative to be here and to be part of this church and to be environments where you can grow. And let me close with this last thing, and that is take steps towards being all in. If there's anything in our life where we're on the fence, let's get off the fence and let's move towards being all in. Just like the rich young ruler who couldn't make that commitment to Jesus and put him as the priority. He couldn't get off the fence to put Jesus number one in his life. We have to do, we have to make that commitment to be all in and get off the fence and be committed. And I, and here's this, here's this interesting story. Um, there's a, a man who was sitting on a fence and God was on one side and Satan was on the other side. And so God came over to this man and really encouraged him to come on his side of the fence. He's like, hey, come with me and experience a life that I have for you. And the guy on the fence was, was thankful for the invitation, but he really liked the idea of being, being close to God and near Jesus, and, but also near the world as well because, you know, he was on the fence there. But, and God begged him. And the guy on the fence was like, you know, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm good right here. And then the devil comes around, and he did the same thing. He tried to convince the guy to come over to his side of the fence. And the guy knew, the guy knew better than to do that. And the only difference was that the devil didn't beg him. He just kind of turned around and walked away. And the guy on the fence is like yelling at the devil and says, hey, aren't you going to beg me? Aren't you going to beg me? And the devil looked over his shoulder and says, nah, I don't have to. I own the fence. Amen or ouch. That's what I tell my congregation all the time. Amen or ouch. I don't want to be on the fence. I want to be all in. I want to, I want us all to be all to Paul's terminology. I love it. I run to win. I run with purpose in every step. Not I run with purpose every week or every day. I run with every step. Can you stand to your feet? And Paul's like, I'm all in. Let's let's be all in. And I want to challenge us today, like God challenged Moses and the children of Israel. Let's let's get moving. Let's move forward. And for some of us, we've never moved spiritually. We've just never gotten out of the gate. But it's time. It's time. We're in a moment in time, in history, in, in culture, because it seems like every time we turn around, it just keeps getting worse. Something, Some other crazy decision comes down the pipe that's just, wow. 
it's time that we take that step and be part of this church. I'm not saying that anyone isn't. I'm just saying that let's let's look at the disciplines in our life that are going to help us succeed and be victorious. And let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for what you're doing in our lives here today. Thank you for each family here that they have taken the steps, God, that they're here. But Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you help them not just be here, but be committed. Be involved wholeheartedly, whole family, kids, teenagers. Help us be that person, to be that family that's all in. And if there's anybody here, probably the most important step that you can take spiritually in your life is surrendering your life to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. We're talking about the salvation of your soul, but it's really much more than that. It's all the promises and benefits that he has for us even while we're here on this earth. And if you've never made that decision, I want to invite you to do that today by lifting your hand. If you want to give your life to Christ, give your life, surrender your life to God through his son, Jesus Christ, today for the very first time, can you raise your hand? Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. That is the best decision that you can thank you. There's several hands, actually. Here's what we're going to do. Our salvation is based upon our declaration of faith and what God has done through His Son, Jesus. It's not based upon doing more good than bad, but our confession of faith, our prayer of faith is what saves us, the Scripture says. Mm -hmm. So everybody, in your loud voice, repeat after me. Father God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your Son. I believe that he died for my sins and that you raised him to life. Christ Jesus, I give you my whole heart and my whole life. I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Save me. From this day forward, I will follow you. Guide my life and help me to live according to your plan for me. I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget we want to connect with you. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube by searching Promised Land San Marcos, on Instagram at PSM Church, or on our website, psmchurch.com. Thanks again for listening to the Promised Land at Home podcast.